Welcome to another episode of All Things Covered. It's one we wish we didn't have following the circumstances of recent tragic events, but one that we felt was necessary to have an open conversation about following events of last week in which a former NFL player shot and killed six people, then killed himself. We want to have an open conversation about the state of some former players and how we can continue to make progress to set up players for healthier lives while they're playing and well after they're done playing. We want to make it clear this is a very, very sensitive topic, a very, very sensitive conversation. But the connection that we all have that's currently on this interview, we all play the game of football. Two retired players, one current players. So clearly this is something we would like to talk about because we would like to change the direction that some former players are going because they just not, they're not receiving the appropriate and right help. Because of the tragedy that occurred last week, I think th- we felt like it was only right to bring up this discussion on the side effects of football that some former players may deal with. Over the last few months or so, no notable names have left us unexpectedly. Vincent Jackson in Tampa in February, not long after Vincent Jackson died, uh, Lewis Nix died. Then if you go back a few years ago from suicide, Kenny McKinley died in 2010. Javon Belcher died in 2012. OJ Murdoch died in 2012. Junior Seau died in 2012. All four players that I just mentioned killed themselves. Joining Pat P and I on this episode is Chris Hope, former teammate of mine, great friend, like a family member. He's from Rock Hill, South Carolina, native where the events happened last week. So, I, I, you know, thinking about what happened, and me and Pat P, we've had this conversation before about some issues that some players deal with when they leave the game. And seeing what happened last week in Rock Hill, South Carolina, I thought it was only right to get someone who's connected to the community, community connected to the, to the family uh, of Philip Adams. So getting into this story, like I said, it's a very, very sensitive topic, but I think it's something that we should talk about whole have open dialogue about. And this episode isn't solely about what happened with Philip Adams, but it is where we will start. See Hope, thank you for joining me and Pat P. All things covered. Just get I'm getting straight to the point with you. The the question is what was your reaction when you heard what happened with Philip Adams and the innocent lives he he took? Well first you know it's a it's a surreal conversation. Uh, I had with my mom because she was the first one to call me the night before uh, it actually came out publicly to the rest of the world. And uh, being from Rock Hill, South Carolina, you guys have both been there uh, to play my celebrity charity basketball game. So, you know, it's a small knit community, about 67 to 70,000 people. Uh, Most of our parents went to school with each other and, if you don't go off to college to play some sport or, you know, you're academically inclined, you're probably going to stay there the rest of your life uh, and marry somebody that you went to high school with or somebody just, you know, from the community or whatnot. So everyone knows each other and everyone knows somebody in each other's family. So it is a very, very respectful and close knitted community. So when that hit, you know, we don't normally have news that goes national and, mm-hmm. We're not from Mayberry or anything, but something on that scale that touched so many lives, you can just imagine how it hit in our community. 
and then having two respectful families that were both parts of this tragic, tragic event. You know, Philip Adams is uh, someone that I mentored growing up, no different than I mentored you. Uh, he went to the same high school I went to. He's a few years behind me. His older brother was two years behind me. And I think he actually played on my senior, on the senior football team, my senior year. Uh, he also has a sister, a normal. Uh, his parents both went to school with my dad and mom. And uh, going back to what I said about the, the celebrity basketball game, my first celebrity basketball game was in honor of his mom, who was struck in by a drunk driver and left paralyzed. And, you know, you can remember that day how I met that night of the game, how many people was out there just to show their love and respect for Miss Adams. So she was a well-respected uh, individual in our community, a teacher. So when that hit, um, knowing him personally and knowing that he was an amazing kid, he's always had the utmost respect for me and, and his teachers. You know, you can't find anyone to say anything bad about Philip Adams. So to to have that that news hit me, it was hard to swallow, but at the same time, I still didn't believe it. And it's still surreal to this day. Yeah, with, you know, obviously with Phil being a former player, you and B. Mac being a former player, I'm still in the league. What can the league do better to to further help former players to, to I, I guess, to identify the help that they need or, you know, find out more resources to help, you know, better their lives after football? I think – I think the NFL, you think about it, with all the negative stuff going on in the world today surrounding our sport, uh, I think the NFL has tried their best just standing on the outside. I'm not in it like you are right now, but standing on the outside, they took a deep dive into trying to find ways to prevent this from happening because it's damaging their brand. Right. As this continues to happen, our generation of kids or the kids after us and our kids that, that we raise are not going to be playing football much longer. So, right. so as a, as a group and as a, as an organization and big as the NFL is, they're trying to do the right things. But I, I always tell BMAC, you know, and, and you can attest to this as well. Being a professional athlete, we have to beat all the odds in the world. Right. So many people said you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. You have a better chance of winning the lottery. So when you think about that and you hear those presentations that we all get when we're in after practice, people coming to tell us that you can go broke, that a good percentage of us get divorced after, after we retire, all these stats that they give us, but it doesn't relate to us because we are the, we are the, the percentage that beat all the odds. So when they right. tell you that, it doesn't hit home, right? It don't hit, it don't hit home because it's like, well, that's not my story. You know, you only have two years to play. You may go broke. A high percentage of you go broke. You know, all these things, but you're saying, you know how many times I've heard that? It don't apply to me. Right. So when, so when, so as a, as a, as an individual, I think we need to humble ourselves. And I've done this since I retired. I took off my, 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 my armor. Mm -hmm. I took off my armor. I had to, I had to strip down. I'm not invincible. I feel pain because when I played, I didn't know what pain was. Right. I psyched myself out to believe that I could always go. I could play through anything. But mm-hmm. after I retired, I had to strip down all that. I'm a regular person. I'm a dad. I'm a husband and I feel pain. <laughs> but that, that's humbling. You know, that's right. humbling. So to, to, to say that 
what could the NFL do? I think we have to, as individuals, have to look in the mirror at ourselves and evaluate ourselves. No different than being, you know, a pro. That's what being a pro is. And that's crazy you say that, Chris, because that's what I alluded on. It, It takes us as the person, as the player, to identify that we need help and don't be afraid of it because like Correct. you said, psych ourselves out saying, Oh, we're not hurt. I deal with it. It'll be over with in the next, you know, couple of days. Right. But like you said, when you retire, you have to strip down that armor armor because you are a normal human being now. Right. You are you're not in that field anymore. So you have to put yourself in your mindset of now I'm in normal society. Right. So now if I need, you know, the the help that I need, don't be afraid to go forward with it because at the end of the day, you don't want to end up taking your life and obviously leaving your loved ones behind in pain. And and I think about this, you know, some of the best pros that have the longest careers that have the most success are the guys that humble themselves and ask for help. You know, when I got in the locker room, I was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh I had no pride. I had no problem asking Jerome Bettis, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you watch film? How do you train? What do you eat? How many massages you get a day? You know, those are the guys, and you've been in the league long enough to know now, when you see those rookies come in and they get up under your wing and they aggravate you and they follow you and they, they got you up, they, <laughs> those are the guys that you can look back and say, oh, he's yeah. going to be all right. But, yeah. but but I think one thing we got to highlight too, playing the game of football, even as a child, we're programmed to not ask for help when it right. comes to certain things. Certain and things I think even at a young age. Uh, yeah, as a young age. And I think when some players retired, like how you said, Hope, you had to kind of strip down your armor, right. you know, being tough, the tough guy, you know, mentally right. and physically, you were able to do so. I don't think there's a lot of players, just my assumption, that don't know how to do that. They're still programmed the same way because think about this. We all three, three of us played in the secondary, right? Yep. And one thing we all know, when you're asking for help in the flow of a ball game, that shows a sign of vulnerability. Weakness. It shows weakness. You know what I mean? You never was on the side like Pat P. You, you still playing. You never, even if you felt like that day, that receiver you're going to get, he just got, you, he just got right. your number. It happens. Right. But you would never go to the coach and say, hey, coach, give me a little help. Right. Can you climb that safety on my side? Okay. Or better yet, Hope, has any corner you play with in the league ever say, but hey, Hope, Man, help me a little bit. Tell me, no, t- I, this is what I'll tell you as you say that, though, B-Mac. That's why I say relationship is very important because the relationship that you and I had, you can look at me and give, and when those eyes you got get bigger than what they already are. You know I need some help. You hey, know I need some help. Lean over here now, baby. Don't leave me. So, hey, that took relationship, my year. hey, relationship is everything. So, right. again, I always speak to younger generation of guys. You are a student athlete. You cannot separate the two. Professional athlete, you cannot separate the two. So being a professional athlete, you have to be a strive to be a professional in every area of your life. And mm-hmm. we all have weaknesses. No matter if you all pro, Super Bowl champion, first round draft pick, we all have weaknesses. And again, being humble and taking that step and, and taking the initiative to be the bigger person and to ask for help is, is yeah. something that it's- we all have to learn to do. It's tough, but like you said, we have to learn to to do it. But as men, we're taught to be tough and to work things out on our own. Exactly, and it's and it's it's, it's intensified for for individuals who play the game of football because it's such a tough sport. Let me read a comment 
left from uh, Adam's father. Uh, he commented, I think football messed him up. Now, they mm-hmm. said his brain will be tested for CTE, and we're not here to speculate if football messed him up. We're not here to speculate, but we're here to conversate. And I know so many people, when they see former players that are retired, either cause harm to themselves or to someone else, the first thing that comes to mind is that it's because of the game of football, because of how you know physical the game, the head trauma that we consistently uh, we're involved in. When you hear something like that coming from uh, Philip Adams' father, you know what 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 what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Hope is. It's a touchy situation, again, being that I know the family, I know the father, and it's also a tough situation because we all know what football can can bring, the the ups and the downs. You know, football has provided the three of us the opportunity to bless generations behind us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know if I could ever fix my mouth to say that football did something to me. that strongly I do know that um playing a game of football you 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 know that there's give and takes there's Mm -hmm. there's blood loss there's there's issue there's there's things that we all walk away with no matter how long you play no matter how good you play Mm -hmm. I used to always say every day you you touch that that grass you leave a piece of you out there and that's that's true uh you know I can remember us warming up in the games when we would take our warm-up lap BMAC and we would all say what, what kind of indicator lights coming on on that engine? You know, the ankle hurting, neck hurting, right. wrist hurting. Some, some gonna come on. That light gonna pop on. But I think it's deeper than just CTE. And I'm not saying that CTE hasn't been an issue, but I do think there's other elements that come into play because you know we've all played the game since I started when I was seven. You know, mm-hmm. and you think about this: the three of us have all been rated coming out of high school, the number one defensive back in the country. Right. Amazing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of us three, only Pat P came out of high, came out of college the same way he went and came out of high school, mm-hmm. the number one defensive back in the country. Right? So you and I, if you if you sit down with that, could kind of get a form of uh, post-traumatic stress just thinking about because I felt like I was a third-round draft choice. I felt like I failed my community. I mm. felt like I felt like I let myself down. I wanted to leave college the same way I went into college as the number one defensive back in the country, the number one safety in the draft. That didn't happen for me. I was a third round draft choice. You didn't think that was disappointing. You didn't think that was was uh caused some mental issues with me. So I think there's so many different areas where this game can can affect you mentally. But there's also the same thing that goes on in life. You know, how many guys played in the secondary with us that did get drafted, B-Mac? A lot. It's a good, good number of them. You don't think they have uh, a lot of a lot of bad memories or or a lot of stuff that they think about and it could send them in a dark space? So right. I, I think I think we all, again, we all go through struggles, no matter what the situation is. You know, you think about COVID. And all the people that work regular jobs and work businesses that lost everything, they they haven't head to head trauma like we have. But you don't think that causes depression and 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 some form of of, of dark, they can send them send them down a dark space. So I think just just putting it on football is is kind of a difficult thing for me to swallow. 
I knew it. I know it does have an impact because no one leaves the game the way they want to leave it. No right. one. No. No one. I, I don't care who who it is. No one leaves the game they want when they want to leave it, how they want to leave it. And I, and I think that's something that we're not highlighting as much as we should. Right. And and hope you you brought something to me to my attention on the phone the other day. The great Kobe Bryant kind of left the game how he wanted to leave. There are a few that leave the game how they want to leave. And because of that, that will provide a sense of stress right. for that said player. And I, and I tell, I, I joke with Pat about this all the time. There are only a handful of players that will be happy about where they got drafted at. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody else going to be mad. They're going to feel like I should have got, I should have gone higher. You know right. what I mean? And the same can be said for players that are forced to leave the game or retire at some point in time. They don't know how to handle that individual disappointment. And because right. of that, it takes your mind to a whole other place. And this situation that we're talking about with players, former NFL players taking their own lives, it's not guys who just may have struggled in the league, may have mm-hmm. may, probably haven't made a lot of money, didn't make enough plays, so they felt like they were a letdown, and it's kind of diff getting into that next career. We're seeing players who were great. The great right. Junior Seau had everything you would want as a player, all the accolades, mm-hmm. all the money, all the fame. And for some reason decided to take his own, own life. Mm-hmm. So the, the people that leave the game well off may not be happy. And the people that might not leave the game well off might not be happy. And because of that, we're seeing situations happen too frequently. And then they're taking other people with them. And Pat, one thing you, that question you asked earlier, what could the league do? Number one, we all agree. It's as individuals, we got to recognize there's a problem and humble ourselves down to ask for help. Right. That's number one. Number two, the majority of the players, because we've been programmed at such a young age to not ask for help. And that's just the man syndrome in us. You might not get these players say, hey, man, I'm going through something mentally, man. I don't know what it is because that takes a lot. So okay. for the NFL, me personally, and I and I brought this to Pat P's attention some episodes ago. They need to start having mental evaluations for anyone who retires the game or leaves unexpectedly. And if you want to be able to get your pension, you okay. have to fulfill this evaluation. That could work. But do you think they're going to be honest? Because, I mean, the, you, the, you and the, I the, both have friends that could could be struggling in a marriage, could be struggling in finances, but it's, it's they only tell you when it's too late. So, again, it, it's kind of hard to put pinpoint the direct way to, to really infect the change that's going to be long lasting. Maybe, maybe let's do it like this. Whole, Cause you know, a lot of guys may say they retired like Gronkowski. He was away from the game for about a year, year and a half. Right. Then he jumped right back in. Exactly. Let's say you do this evaluation in year four of your retirement where we know you're not coming back into the ball game where we already know you're kind of, yo, that career is over. Now you're in your, your, your next career after the NFL where we evaluate you mentally. Like I feel like, and I'm just throwing out, my opinion. If Philip Adams asks for help, like you said, you mentor him at a young age. You probably someone if he was actually getting that type of help that he probably needed, someone could have seen something to help him. Because it's a it's a tough situation for some guys when they walk away from the game, they don't know what's next. Right. Some guys that might not have the check, the the, the bank account like a Pat P, right. where Pat P can kind of chill out and be like, you know, I got a few years or whatever. If I want to do something, I can. I can just golf. But right. what about for the players that played two or three years that were making league minimum that didn't invest well, 
that didn't utilize their money well and they walk away and all they knew was football. That's another thing the game should be able to do. Have options for guys to get there, create a new career while you have your current career. So start working on your post career while you have your current career. Make young guys. I, I, I think it's, three, a balance. it's a balance okay. between that, B-Mac, because, I mean, sometimes, you know, learning the playbook is difficult for some people, you know. Right. Uh, you know, juggling and trying to create this social media life can sometimes be a distraction. So mm-hmm. trying to create another career doing their career is, is challenging too, but not create, I, but have something in mind. And right. So mm-hmm. my, my thing was this from day one, I've always been taught to never allow what you do to become who you are, because when you can no longer do it, you'll be a nobody. Right. Mm-hmm. That's big. No secondly, question. secondly, always think about the end at the beginning. I just said, no matter how long you play, it's going to be too short. It's going to happen too soon. No matter how long you live, you're going to always wish you had some more time. You could be a hundred years old and you can say, I, I wish I had more time. So no matter how you cut it up, dice it and slice it, if you're not, if you're not prepared to walk away from this game, cause no long, no matter how long you play, no matter how great you play, you're going to have to exit the stage. You're right. going to have to get off the stage, no matter what profession, whether you're a school teacher, whether you're in the army, whether you're being a coach, you're going to have to get off the stage sooner or later. That's in every profession. So at some point, we're all going to be told that our services are no longer needed. But I right. think if we prepare for that on the front end, we'll say, thank you. I don't want to participate in this service any longer. I'm cool. And even like you said with Pat P. Uh, uh, comparing, you know, he may have the, the means to relax and kick it, but don't lose, don't lose who you are as a, as a, as a competitor. Don't you lose the things that you use to get you where you are today because no matter how much money you got, retirement isn't what they chop it up to be. Sitting right. on a porch, uh, traveling, all that stuff gets old. You right. have to find something else that you're passionate about. Therefore, even as a rich man, a rich man can take his life. A rich man that has all the things that he desires can take his life because right. his soul is not anchored on what it needs to be anchored on. Right. I always read this, this Bible verse that says, God's, the, the riches from God comes with no sorrow. You want to have peace. If you can't sleep at night, if you don't have peace with who you are and what you've done in your life, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much money you don't have. You're not going to be happy with yourself. So right. football, fame, fortune, that doesn't make you happy at the end of the day. I agree. So with Chris, going back to your um, your initial question, well, your initial answer when you kind of um, talked about, you know, obviously the, the, the league trying to do better, better at helping guys with their mental health. But a, another big aspect of it is family members. You know what I mean? That can be a big one as well because that's, that's hella stressful because obviously, you know, you want to be able to help people out that got you there. But at the same time, you have to be able to be at peace with yourself knowing Mm -hmm. that you got a family, you got a wife, you got kids, you got other things that you want to do, but you feel obligated to help them out. So, so I, I don't, I don't know if you read my book before, but I talk about a lot of those things in my mm-hmm. book, pros, parents relying on their seeds. And that all starts from a young mm-hmm. age. Right. We, we, we grow as kids. We grow up wanting to make our mom and dad's proud. Right. Parents 
raise their kids, wanted to create a better life for their kids, mm-hmm. better situation, protection, spiritually, financially. You want to give them the things you didn't have. Those are two positive principles, two great ideas. But somewhere along the way, life life intersects and interjects. And now you have a, 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 a ripple in that relationship. And every TV show about sports, every all the music we hear is always put on for our city. Right. What you gonna do? You made it. You know. You know the the model that we live, live right. on. One of us makes it. We all make it. So yeah. that's a pressure that the world doesn't include in just playing mm-hmm. the game of football. Like you have so. Like I said, I got drafted third round. I felt like I let my whole community down. Right. Like what makes me. What makes me put that pressure on myself? And mm-hmm. I think that starts at a very young age and we need to address that as well because even making all the money in the world, you didn't sign up to be an ATM the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> and, and if you don't correct those bad habits on the front end, you will sign a lifetime contract to take care of somebody that you love or somebody that's in your family when your when your contract your job contract is a lifetime exactly so do you think do you think parents family members obviously they won't but they need to do a better job right. at the fact of obviously looking at themselves in the mirror and be like all right boom i can't depend on this guy for the rest of my life i got to go out there and get it on my own so going back to it you know Family members obviously have to understand the circumstances because, as we know, taxes, Uncle Sam is a mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, Pat, hey, Pat Pete, they don't see that, though. They think exactly. what, you, what, you, what you get is what you're receiving. That's right, what they, exactly. They don't, they they, they don't, they don't understand. Yeah, like, like Chris talked about, we are in that 1%, but we also getting taxed like those 1%. Right. You know what I mean? So, Half of it gone. Right, and they don't understand that. So, hell, I think I need to write a book on helping <laughs> families understand on, like, what real – athletes go through every single day because you look at it right you obviously african-americans take over the over the league over nba and the high percentage of those people that's are that are broke are african-americans and like you said going back to your point yeah we we all we all make a promise to ourselves if we make it to a certain point in life to give back to make sure our mom make sure our dad is straight but at the same time, the mom and dad have to look themselves in the mirror and be like, all right, my baby did this for me. Now I can't live off my baby. I have to mm-hmm. be able to provide for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's another contribute into, you know, those dark spaces and that pain. Cause you know, that can be hard, you know, telling that's your, parents, you know, telling your auntie, no, telling someone oh. that gave you, you know, gave you something that helped provide, you know, I mean, help you know, get to get you get you to where you're going, you know, that 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 can be tough as well. I, I think again, I think if if we uh plan ahead, and, and I, ahead agree. I mm-hmm. think there needs to be classes for you know, think about when you go on your recruiting trips, right? Mm-hmm. Um they sit you down, they tell you all the things they're gonna give you. They expose right. you to the great campus, the education, this is what we have to offer. I think those also need to be meetings for their parents. As well as, you know, when you get drafted, your agent and your financial advisor, your, your parents need to be taking class. No question. Uh-huh. No question. Everyone is in fact affected by your new change of life. No and question. Again, we all are struggling with something. 
Mm-hmm. Our parents come from a situation that yep. way before they had us. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle, but at the same time, I think with, with, uh, the first person that has an opportunity to make a financial change or financial, uh, hit the financial curve in their generation or their family, they need to invest back in their, their, their family in a way, not just with dollars. That's what we think giving back is. Mm-hmm. All being that a, does is handicap them. Right. Being a good right. steward of what God has blessed you with is the reason that he blessed you with it because right. he trusts you with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't disagree with the fact that you should want to bless those who help you get where you are. But exactly. I think there's there's a, a educated way in doing so. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the NFL, I think that's where college, I think that's where all these these uh forms should be constricted to instead of just concentrating on how fast he is, strong he is, how high he can jump. I think that's a time a family should go through the combine on learning <laughs> how to right. expect, you know, what to expect. Like I think about this. You know, we when you first get drafted, you hear all these athletes say they do one or two things. They they buy their mom and them uh, buy a mom and dad a house mm-hmm. and they retire. Yep. First two things. First two things. Yeah. You haven't got your foot in the door in the NFL yet. Now you were different. You was the top five, top ten pick. Of course, your money was different than my Yeah, I didn't say that though. <laughs> they didn't care that the family was getting my house. I got in my house, but I did not retire. <laughs> oh, big time, big time though. But that that was big on your part because again, TV says retirement. Right. Go to work. No question. And right. no question. you don't even imagine the peer pressure that your mom and dad had going to work every day. Which would right. you be that top draft pick? That's your baby. What you doing at work? Right. Right. Why, right. You, why are you driving that old car? Why are you driving that? And so <laughs> my name is such and such. That's not exactly. me. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a challenge on both ends. And I think we have to start at a very, very small age of trying to get these kids down the right path and the parents down the right path to just get their mind right. You know, just imagine if, if Pat P, just imagine if you would have kept the house you had growing up, renovated it, right, gutted it out, made it nice and let that be a rental property for your mom and them to pay for the house you just bought them. Right. Instead of you having to pay the taxes on that house the rest of your life, because right. the house is too big for them to pay the taxes on. So exactly. again, it, it's so many different areas that as kids, we just dream. Mm-hmm. And the dream is still, when we realize the dream, we still dreaming because every right. day we plan what we love. Exactly. And by the time we wake up and say real life, it's over. It's over. Yeah. And you in the rat race now. Yep. I tell players this all the time. You'll be a retired player longer than a current player. No doubt about it. Three times longer. (laughs) No question. You got, you got to remember that. And, and it's crazy because, you know, I'm tired of like you guys are and like for our viewers that are watching us and listening to us on the podcast, I'm tired of hearing a former player, you know, either take their life, life or take someone else's lives. You know what I mean? And, and, it's it's difficult it's it's it's, and it's hard because you know two families their lives changes forever right you know what i'm saying and and, question for you matt Uh, yes sir do you think just in your experience of playing in the nfl and the friends that you've had do you think the depression or going down the dark road or even the mental health issues or the alcoholism the drug use whether it's prescribed or street does that increase when the money's gone, have you seen that? Have no you- question. I, th- I think it, it increases because now when the lights are not on you no more, 
you're still trying to fill that void. And think about this. We play with a lot of guys that partied a lot. But sometimes we play with some guys that sometimes abuse alcohol. And it wasn't just about having fun. They were trying to soothe another pain that we didn't see. Right. And then when you step away from the game and people are not rushing up to you to get that autograph anymore, people are not wanting to be around you, be in your presence because you're not on TV anymore, that hits home for some players. And they don't know how to defeat that feeling of not feeling wanted. Like when I retired, I had a lot of people who didn't reach out to me like they used to when I was playing. Right. But I was able to distinguish that feeling from allowing it to affect me and going forward. Some players don't know how to because that's what they live for, the fame, the money, the celebrity status, the attention. You know, me and you have always been similar. We never really wanted the attention. We didn't do things to have the attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. We carried ourselves in a great, in a nice way, but it wasn't because we were trying to get attention. There are a lot of players that do things to get attention. On social media, it doesn't matter. And when they walk away from the game, they still want that same attention that they might not get. That could create a sense of de- a depression to some degree that could lead to other things. Like I said, it's not just a, 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 a mid-level issue where players, when I say mid-level, I mean guys that don't really make a lot of money, like life-changing money. This is an issue for guys who make that type of money as well. And that's why the league has to try to do something to try uh because this has been happening too much. When you walk away from the game, a lot of players are going through a lot of things, but they just won't say anything because they've been programmed to not show any vulnerability until right. it's too late. And when it's too late, there's no coming back from that. We don't know how long Phillip Adams was going through whatever it was he was going through. Think about that. We don't know. Right. If someone would have seen something, maybe they could have saved six individuals six and in that six we're talking about two children two innocent children we all got kids on this call i think the ages were five and nine innocent and you mentioned the thing about philip adams knowing him as he grew up you couldn't say anything bad about him so what got him to that point to do what he did to innocent people it would have been one thing to take his own life, which you would have been surprised with, I would imagine. Like, what? Right. Who he did what? But then you heard what he did. Like, what got him to that point to do something, to even think of doing that action? And no one saw anything. So the league has enough resources. When I say resources, I mean money. Right. When you got money, you can go to war and do whatever it is you want to do. To right. try to come up with some type of common means to help players. I don't care if you made a hundred million. I don't care if you made. 300,000. These are, these are the requirements you will have to do. Remember, they said the symposium. I don't know if you had the symposium when you came out, Pat P. I know I went yeah. to the symposium. Yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. if they have the symposium again, but like you guys said, hope you made a great point. The parents need to go to a symposium yeah. to try to alleviate some stress that could happen for that said player. Wow. The players need to go to a symposium, not just one time, because I remember I went to the symposium. It was a three day event. After that, we had little, we had, uh, uh, programs here or there during the season, but these players that were talking to us, they weren't relatable. Right, right, right. I was going to say that too. So, yeah. you, you know, again, NFL puts things in place for us. We have to humble ourselves and reach out for those resources. There's so many resources out there, and you learn about that as you retire. Yeah, you learn about it when you retire, not while you're playing. Correct. And <clears throat> most of us still don't use them because 
it's not affecting us at the time. In fact, you know, I went to a, a, an a NFL alumni meeting before and I was sitting <clears> there and the reality hit me. One of the older guys said, Chris, are you going to use the EXO? Did you go get your brain checked? Did you go to get the free checkup that they do in the different cities around the country, around the uh, states or whatnot? And I was like, no, I'm good. And he said, you're good right now, <laughs> but you're still 30 something. Yeah, you know, right. what about when you get 45 or 50? Now you, 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 you're looking at it from where you're sitting at now, but this long game. So if you continue or so many of us young guys continue to overlook those benefits and we they do away with them because the money is wasted and nobody's taking advantage of them. And then the NFL cancel those things. Now we get older. We're not going to have it. So that put a light bulb in my head to say, I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity I got healthy or not healthy in my right mind or not in my right mind. I'm going to I'm going to check it out. (laughs) Yeah. I've, but, I've earned that, but some of us just don't do it. And you, you and, know, and, and B Mac, tell me this. How did you feel when you got that first letter that said retire or, 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 uh, what that, what that letter they said, NFL former alumni or NFL? No alumni? question. No, you know, it was a wrap. It was humbling, wasn't it? No it question. It feel good. You, you, you didn't want to respond back to that letter because you didn't want to, you didn't want to put your name on that side. You didn't want to get on that side of the fence. So it, it's tough. And that's why, and, you know, I said what I said earlier. My bad, Pat P, but let me get this out right quick. That's why they got to force it. They got to mandate it. All these resources that you just mentioned that, you know what? I'm okay. I'm not going to. No. We all, at some point in time, if we play long enough, we all have some type of retirement plan, right? If you want to get that pension, when you reach that certain age, you're going to be required to go through some of these medical appointments at certain ages. We have every five years, every four years, you got to go through these things. Right. Because some players are not going to ask for help. Is we, we, we're too macho. Is this who we are? Not just being a football player, but being a man. How many men do you guys know ask for help? Like even if you drive in the car, don't know where you're going. You got a car full of people. You're not going to ask for help. You're going to try to figure this thing out on our own. Right. That's how we wired. Mm-hmm. That's just how we wire. And it's even, we wired extremely tight when it comes to playing the game of football. Cause you gotta be tough. Right. I can't show that I can't cover this guy. I can't let these people know I need help covering this guy. I can't show that I can't block this defensive end or ask for help. And I need a chip. How many offensive linemen you guys think ask to help that have a chip or help them on a the defensive end? Probably none. Right. Cause that shows vulnerability. And it's the same thing when you walk away, when you're going through some mental issues or health issues, they gotta, they gotta make this thing a requirement. Like if you want to get the these benefits that are for you, we're not. You're going to have to go through these symposiums. Make retired players go through some go to symposiums and their families, because that's a big adjustment. When you away from the game, now you at home twenty four seven. When you used to being on the road, you got to hear crying children all the time. You still got the same bills that you had while you were playing, but you're not getting the same checks you had while you were playing. Same responsibilities. Those things wear you down as well. Right, hundred (laughs) percent. I was talking to my, my elementary middle school, my, uh, Pop Warner coach, and he was in the, he was in the, uh, military, and he said they have those mandated valuation checkups and meetings. For, for military folks. Exactly. Right. And right. I think that's the same tactic we need to take as, as no NFL because, you know, obviously you hear so many, so many horror stories about Army vets when they come back of them having those, uh, the post-traumatic stress, you know what I mean? Right. Just, just hearing stuff at night and, and evidently if they're doing a great job at it, 
we need to take the same approach as far as the NFL and trying to dig deeper and trying to help, you know, our retired players and our current players as well once they walk away from the game. Because, you know, obviously, like you said earlier in the show, Chris, like, you know, I feel like this is something that is continuing to hurt the brand. You know what I mean? Right. You, you hate to see former players continue, continually take their lives. And I just think, you know, as a, as a league, you know, we have to continue pushing the button. And also as players, you know, we have to, you know, dig down deep inside and accept that help because like you said as well, we know it's all hard, you know, at some point I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to face retirement. We know it's hard to face reality. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, our NFL days are only numbered. Right. You know what I mean? You're going to be done with this game at some point. So, don't get your mind all wrapped into, like you talked about, getting involved, in, uh, being identified of what you do or not who you are. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, as, as a players that's in the league, you know, I think, you know, we definitely, definitely have to do, like you said, jump on it now right. versus trying to, trying to get in it to where year eight, year nine, most guys don't make it to that long, but yeah. later in their career, trying to figure out what they want to do. Uh, uh, after football to, you know, help provide a, a healthy situation to help a, a healthy life after the game. No question. I, again, if you just look back at the Hall of Fame careers, you know, one common thread that I've saw is the fact that they figured out how to play the game with yep. their body before their body gave out on them. Yep. With their mind, excuse me, with their mind exactly. yep. before their body gave out on them. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about all the guys, you watch the NBA, you know, you think about somebody like Brake Griffin. You know, right. and Zion Williams right now. You think Zion mm-hmm. Williams? If I was Zion Williams, I would be looking at a guy like Amari Stoudemire and Blake Gifford's career, saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, today I can jump over the Empire State Building, but sooner or later, my my bounce, my explosiveness, all this may gonna be, it's gonna leave. Yeah. So why don't I learn how to shoot, learn how to dribble, learn how to do all these things while I still got the athletic ability? That's how you get a Pat P who's First Battle Hall of Fame. That's how you get Troy right. Palomalo. First hot, first Battle Hall of Fame. Most guys mm-hmm. play the game those first couple of years, first, first few years, just straight athletic ability. A dog chasing the right. car. You just running mm-hmm. around, hitting, yep. catching, hitting everything moving. And then an injury comes and now you can't bounce back. Can't bounce right. back. You, you're not as young mm-hmm. as you were. Your best days are behind you. You're, you're, you're getting older and now you're trying to figure out how to adapt to this new game you have to play, and you don't know how to read defenses. You don't know right. what what coverages are because you haven't paid attention to any of those things. And I and again, it starts with the individual, but it also starts with those involved in that individual's life. So relationship, I think, is very important. You always have to have some people in your corner that can tell you the truth and that can can uh, hold you accountable. And again, being a pro. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and evaluate yourself. Yeah. Every year, I looked at all my plus plays, all my minus plays. What can I get better at? Mm-hmm. What can I continue to strengthen? That's the same way off the field. And again, okay. being a pro, I, there's no way I could be an all-pro safety and be a third-string bad. doesn't work that way. No. I, I'm wired different. I'm wired to execute in excellence in everything that everything. I do. So. Yeah. Why does that, why do you have to cut the motor off when you retire? Yep. That's just a part of who you was. That's not your story. You got a whole nother 40 years to live. 
to create who you really are as a person. Football is just a platform that I use to give me a head start on life, financially, exposure-wise, relationship-wise, and now I have an opportunity to continue to push myself to to chase greater things. But my mind still is wired the same way. I can't cut that off. Right. Yeah. Man, I can tell you this much. This was a very, very informative conversation. Uh, and first and foremost, we all would like to send our condolences to the families that were involved, uh, in this tragedy. Uh, it's a, it's a hot topic that that's not talked about enough. And it's okay to ask for help. You know what I mean? You just got to be able to, uh, humble yourself down and recognize there is a problem where you need help. That's the first thing, recognizing there is a problem and then asking for help. Uh, we have the National Suicide Prevention Hotline here for anyone who's watching us, listening to us, who may feel like they need some help or someone they're associated with may need some help. That number is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. A different direction than what we usually, than where we usually go here, all things covered, but we cover everything. Uh, I'd like to, to thank Chris Hope. Former teammate, Florida State, Pittsburgh, for joining us uh, with this thorough conversation. Uh, like I said, quality, sound, informative information. Check us out, YouTube page. If you're watching us, man, I hope you enjoyed this show. If you're listening to us, I hope you enjoyed the show as well. And hopefully we don't continue to see these tragedies happen with so many players associated with the NFL. Hope, thank you for joining us, man. We, we send our prayers to everyone that's in Rock Hill, to all the families that were involved in this tragedy, like I said. Uh, you know, it's a tough situation to be in. The only thing that can get us through the situation is prayer and believing that better days are coming. Appreciate you, see Hope. Oh, no doubt, bro. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. And, and again, we all are going through something, bro. Yep. You ain't in yep. this by yourself, so don't be afraid to ask for help, man. No yes, doubt. Sir.